and welcome to Labors in the Harvest with Kevin Folger. This podcast is a weekly conversation about the gospel and the work that God is doing through those who labor for him. Kevin Folger, your host, is a man with over four decades of ministry experience. For 41 years, he served on the pastoral staff of Cleveland Baptist Church in Cleveland, Ohio. He currently serves as a North America Director of Spiritual Leadership Asia, a ministry that assists those endeavoring to preach the gospel and plant Baptist churches in the 1040 window with a particular focus on Asia. Now here's Kevin with this week's Labors in the Harvest podcast. Kevin Folger, and I want to thank you for joining me for Labors in the Harvest podcast today. I'm excited about the, this uh, new series that we start today. It's a three-part series in which we sit down and have a conversation with a good friend and a man who I love dearly, Dr. Sam Davison, who uh, served as for a number of years as the pastor of Southwest Baptist Church in Oklahoma City, also the president of Heartland Baptist Bible College in Oklahoma City. He's our guest for the next three weeks, and uh, we're thankful for the journey of life that God has taken Brother Sam on. If you've ever heard this man preach, you know he's an expositor of God's Word, and when he's done preaching, you know you've heard from the Lord and that God's got a message uh, for you through him. And we're excited about uh, the opportunity that we have to sit down and, and have this conversation about his life and ministry. So sit back. Relax and enjoy this first part of our conversation with Brother Sam Davison. Brother Sam, thanks for taking some time out of your busy schedule to join us here on Labors in the Harvest podcast. Well, thank you very much. I count it a privilege. Been looking forward to it. Well, uh, for the folks that perhaps are not um, necessarily familiar with you, although I would think that most everybody in independent fundamental circles would know the name Sam Davison, at least you know from a distance, if not at, at some point having a, an up-close relationship with you. Uh, but uh, you're now serving as uh, Pastor Emeritus of Southwest Baptist Church, and you're the Chancellor of, of Heartland Baptist Bible College, and yet uh, you haven't retired. You're on the road. So talk to me a little bit about what's going on in your life these days. Well, uh, you're right about the uh, two titles, and I, d- I don't want to take that lightly because I'm very, very happy to be associated in any way with Heartland Baptist Bible College, of course, and uh Southwest Baptist Church. I am grateful but that those titles really don't mean any more than that. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I am uh, not with the responsibility that uh, I once had in those areas. And Thank God for the very, very capable men that are in leadership there now. So I'm very thankful for that. Okay. Well, of course, uh, most of us who know you know that uh, know your dear wife, Sandra, and uh, you folks uh, got married many, many years ago. How long have you been married now? Well, next May 28th, uh, next month, it'll be 55 years. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I didn't yeah. realize that you guys got married in May. Denise and I got married on May the 22nd, and uh, we're going to be celebrating, let's see, 46 years this, this year. So Yeah, 46. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Well, that seems like a long time ago for us now. <laughs> <laughs> it sure does in so many respects. Yeah. In other ways, it seems like yesterday, doesn't it? It does. True. Yeah. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about your life and uh, kind of your journey that God has brought you on through life. And so let's go back to your early years of your life. Uh, where were you born and where were you raised, Brother Sam? 
Well, I was born in uh, western Oklahoma, a place called Fairview, strong Mennonite country out there. And then when I was about uh, uh, less than three years old, we moved to north central Oklahoma to a place called Perry. Mm -hmm. And uh, so my parents then uh, got into the First Baptist Church of our hometown of Perry. I got saved there when I was six years of age. And then when I was about uh, 11, my dad led us out of that church and an independent Baptist church was starting in our hometown. And because of various circumstances and what I can see now is the providential hand of God, why we got to be a part of that church in the very early stages of its life. And then when I was 16 at the Calvary Baptist Church in Perry, I surrendered to preach. And then the next, uh, when I was a senior in high school, my uh, now wife, Sandra, her family came and joined our church and uh, she and her brother about double the size of our youth department, which is <laughs> sometimes my sister and me. And uh, then immediately uh, Sandra became my uh, girl and uh, we got married then in 1966 after our second year of Bible college. All right. So let's go back a little bit, if we can, back to those uh, years. Now, were, were your, was your uh, father, was he a farmer? He was a farmer. Yeah, okay. he was a farmer, carpenter. We uh, did wheat and he kept a herd of cattle and uh, then he had carpenter in the wintertime. Yeah. Hardworking man. As I recall hearing you preach and talk about, it, I think at, at a point uh, that was kind of what you wanted to do. What, wasn't it to kind of kind of continue that on? Uh, yeah, I loved everything about farm life. I mean, I loved the chores. I loved everything, but cleaning out the chicken house, that was my only thing I didn't like. But outside of that, didn't I like, loved it. Didn't like the chicken yeah. house, huh? <laughs> oh, harvesting wheat and plowing ground and working with cattle. Yeah, I, I loved the farm life. Yeah. Very thankful for it. So can you, can you see some things that uh, God taught you even on the farm that uh, have kind of stuck with you through your life? Oh yeah, uh, a work ethic, you know, because uh -huh. uh, you, you weren't there wasn't much goofing off going around our place, you know. I mean, we had time to play ball and stuff like that. Sure. But um, my dad was a was a hard worker, and he insisted we work. And I I know that he helped me develop a work ethic uh, on the farm life, and then just appreciating um, creation, you know, right. the, the soil, the livestock, everything, just uh, the responsibility and the care that uh, you have to take care of it. I hope it helped me be a better shepherd of uh, God's sheep through you know, the years. There's something about uh, that farming community, though, that, um, you know, because my wife grew up in rural Ohio, and uh, she didn't grow up on a farm, but there was lots of farmers, uh, you know, that were around that area where she was. And, of course, I grew up in the city. Um, but there's something about that farm um element that just really keeps people grounded um and it's uh keeps them uh you know from uh, i guess maybe just being connected uh to god to uh to values to to morality uh what what do you think it is about that that just well i i heard uh, one thing it might be as i i heard my dad say several times that uh uh, he said, as opposed as I am to gambling, I'm convinced that farmers are the biggest gamblers in the world. Mm. And so, you know, that was just a, a way to look at the, the opportunities for a harvest not to come to fruition. Right. Uh, a disease among cattle can wipe out a herd or, mm -hmm. you know, 
mess up your uh, production. And so I think that uh, from our perspectives, my dad and mom being Christians and so forth, and loving the Lord, uh, they realized in the uh, farm life how utterly dependent we are upon God for the yeah. rain mm-hmm. and for, you know, to protect and also to provide. And so I, I think maybe that has something to do with it. The yeah. farmer does definitely depend upon the blessings and the favor of God. I mean, that's mm-hmm. in that's in the scripture. Yeah. He sends the rain and he withholds the rain. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I, I, for one, I'm sure glad for the farmers that have been down through the years because, uh, you know, if <laughs> somebody's not planting crops, then we're oh, not, yeah. eating, you know, <laughs> yep. yeah, yeah. For, for sure. Yeah. I think there's uh, something missing from our culture because there are so few farm families. So many, there are so few young men and women being raised on the farm compared to back right. when I was a kid, you know, it's yes, just sir. a whole different world. And I, I really think in terms of character and again, the work ethic and all of that, not that the farmers are the only ones that can have it, but it definitely can develop that in the life. It's missing. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned that your, your family left uh, a, uh, was it a Southern Baptist church that you were a part of it the, the initially? Correct. My dad was a deacon in the Southern Baptist church there. Okay. All right. Our town was 5,000 people. First Baptist was pretty much church of the town. Yeah. Okay. So then uh, somebody came, an independent Baptist, and started a church then there in Perry, Oklahoma. Is that correct? That's correct. A man uh, that uh, was there from Perry that had lived a very, very uh, wicked life, got saved when he was 26 years old, and then came back and started preaching revivals in the courthouse park of our town. And then the man that uh, led the singing for him in those meetings eventually came a few years later and started that church. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So uh, in, in your mind, um, was the First Baptist Church, was it um, a, a more established church, I would assume, in that community and perhaps a larger church? Yeah, it would have been uh, probably in those days, 250, 300 people, which in a town that size, you know, it was a pretty good size congregation. And uh, our pastor was a dear, dear man of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that I got saved under and was very, very thankful for him. And then they had uh, transitioned to another pastor and then another one. And in about 1957 or eight, the new pastor decided that they needed to use a revised standard version. Uh-huh. And uh, my dad had done some reading on the version issues back in those days. And so as a deacon, he challenged the pastor and the other deacons and just said, that while my dad only had uh, education into the 10th grade, he quit school after football season of the 10th grade. But uh, anyway, he said, I may not have the education some of you may do, but I know where the word of God is. Mm-hmm. And so that was basically the issue that turned okay. our attention to the independent Baptist church that we okay. started. All right. Mm-hmm. So as a young man at age of 11, how did that affect you and how did your dad help you with it? Well, um, I had a wonderful relationship with my dad all of his life and my life. And so uh, I fully trusted. I, I don't remember thinking one way or another. This is what dad said to do. And that's okay. what we do. You know, okay. I don't. Okay. Yeah. And, and probably a lot of that has to do with just even, again, working closely with your dad on the farm and, and the things that were involved there, uh, you know, because oh, of that wonderful. relationship. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So growing up then in a, this independent Baptist church, um, 
you know, and you talk about being called to preach when you're at the age of 16. Uh, obviously, we understand the Holy Spirit is involved in that. But what what part did your and what was your relationship with your pastor in, in those days? And, and how did that work in, in this call? Or did you sense that was a kind of an overwhelming aspect for you? Yeah, my pastor was Dan Tidwell, whom I respected a great deal. And, uh, and so he was also a very strong preacher and we appreciated his labor in the word and he fed our family and, uh, we loved that very much. Uh, but one of the things that he did was take us to youth camp. Mm. And, um, so at youth camp, of course, I got introduced to some other, uh, preachers. We went to Silver State Baptist Youth Camp and Harvey Springer was a very, very well-known uh, name and I got to hear him preach I don't know how many times and and then uh, brother Dan Allen and brother Al Wells and and uh, brother Victor Sears and some yeah. other dear men of God the, those men made a real real impression on my life along with my pastor and my pastor taught me to look up to them mm-hmm. and to pay attention and uh, so you know, when uh, then after I went to camp one year that I didn't want to go to camp, but my dad said I was going anyway. Um, I went to camp and it was in the middle of that week that God really broke my heart. And I was going through a stage of rebellion, I guess you could say. And so I got my heart right with God and then went back home. And uh, about two weeks after camp or maybe three on a Sunday night, our pastor was preaching and I surrendered to preach that night. I knew God was calling me to preach. I knew it. So I went to the altar and I surrendered and he prayed with me. And as soon as he uh, finished praying and then closed the invitation, he said, uh, had me come stand beside him. And he said, Sam has surrendered to preach. And he said, he'll be preaching this Wednesday night. <laughs> and I, I about passed out about that. But anyway, uh, Nobody that would listen to that would actually call it preaching. But he anyway, gave me that first opportunity within four days after I had surrendered to preach. So you, you were probably quite, sweating from Sunday night all the way to Wednesday. Or oh, it was miserable. It was absolutely miserable. If I had just read my notes, it could have lasted 20 minutes and I was done in five minutes. Plus. <laughs> well, I think all of us, uh, you know, that that have kind of grown up in ministry have kind of walked that gamut unless there's some people, I guess, that just have a, a gift for it uh, that is just a natural. But for most of us, it's the development. That's for sure. Oh, man. Yeah, there are people now that wish I still preach five-minute sermons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, it was, it's a blessing. So um, so that, that was kind of your call to ministry. And, and uh, so you were 16, had finished high school. And then as soon as you were done with high school, the first, uh, first year, were you off to college? No, um, I kind of pulled a little Jonas stunt, and uh, uh, Sandra was my girlfriend, and she had another year of school. And I didn't want to go, and, and the whole idea of Bible college and not knowing anybody there or, or anything about it, you know, so I just, I really ran from it mm-hmm. for a better part of the year, mm-hmm. and so that wasn't a good year, and then by the grace of God, he dealt with my heart very early in the summer. Uh, after Sandra graduated, mm-hmm. and then we went off to Bible college together that fall mm-hmm. in the year of 62, 1962. All right. So, uh, you were at uh, Baptist Bible College in Springfield, Missouri, back in uh, the early was that be like mid 1960s? Uh, 62 to 60, 
is when we started and we graduated in 67. Uh, okay. No, not, not 62. I'm sorry. It was 64, 1964. Okay. And we, uh, you know, they only offered three years in, so we graduated in 67. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, you know, you uh, you talked about some of those uh, men at Al Wells and uh, Harvey Springer and those guys, and uh, it's hard to believe that, uh, you know, that whole generation now has kind of stepped off the scene and the impact over their lives have, continues, you know, and that's part oh, of yes. what ministry is all about, isn't it? It just lives on in other people. Yes. Yeah. I remember uh, talking to Al Wells after I became a pastor at Bible Baptist in Stillwater, and uh, I told Brother Al Wells, I said, I sat out on the hillside and heard you preach a series of sermons on uh, Gideon. And uh, I, I had already surrendered to preach. So it was the year after I surrendered to preach. And I sat on that hillside listening to preach. And I just sat there in those morning sessions out on the mountainside of the beautiful Rocky Mountains there and just said, uh, oh, God, I'd give anything if I could preach like he's teaching and preaching us about Gideon. He made it come alive. It was interesting. He made strong application. And I just remember saying, I have no idea how a man gets there, but I would love to be able to handle the Bible like that. And I told Al Wells that and he got tears in his eyes and said, I had no idea there was a kid sitting out there thinking like that, or that one day he would be a preacher. And, you know, he, been right preached several times and mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a a great investment i sincerely appreciate those men yeah i sure do all right well, we're going to wrap up our uh segment today with uh brother uh sam davison and we're going to pick up our conversation again next week so again we thank our listeners for being a part of today and hope you'll join us next week well wasn't that a blessing to hear brother sam talk about those early uh, parts of his life in those early years and of course to speak about great men of God that had an influence upon him. So uh, again we're excited about the fact that we're going to continue our conversation again next week as we pick up the second part. Hope that you'll be back to uh, listen to the podcast. Thanks again for being a listener at Labors in the Harvest. Thanks for listening. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. If you've been helped, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Please feel free to leave us a comment and or a rating. If you'd like more information about Kevin Folger, please visit his website, kevinfolger.com. We invite you to join us next time with more conversations with Kevin and his guests as they tell their story of being laborers in the harvest.